This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Yankees about to be in action down in Miami against the Marlins. If you are one who is still trying to convince yourself that they are within striking distance of a playoff spot, then you would imagine that this series is big for you. I am not in that camp, but we will keep you posted on what happens in that game. The Mets open a four-game series against the Braves tonight, and before the season, you pencil this one as one of the biggest series of the year. Uh, you're going to get two nationally televised telecasts uh, this weekend. And, you know, this was supposed to be your chance at redemption because of what happened at the end of the season last year. But uh, becoming sellers at the trade deadline pops the, the sizzle on this series. And now it's pretty much irrelevant. And the Mets just walk into to this series looking to get closer and closer to the end of the season. Met fans have to deal with the reality that they are right now in the midst of arguably the biggest collapse in sports history. So we'll t- we'll talk about the Mets. We'll hear from the Mets uh, at 800-919-3776. But I do want to start in the NFL. Giants, in about 30 minutes, will kick off their preseason action. We know last week the Jets got it underway in the Hall of Fame game in Canton against the Browns. So let's talk about just big picture, what this season means, the look ahead. Let's do the whole thing. And we start with the New York Giants because I keep trying to figure out and I'm having a hard time understanding. So I'm calling on someone out there, Giant fan, anybody to explain to me how it is become acceptable for us to view this as a they might be better but they are going to significantly regress type of season for the Giants. How on earth are you a Giants fan out there after what you've seen happen this offseason? You just paid your quarterback $40 million, top dollar. You are essentially saying he is an upper echelon quarterback in this league. Your defense has been solidified. You've upgraded on offense. Your coach of the year, reigning coach of the year, is someone you have tremendous respect for and you trust. Love the GM. All of these positives coming out of camp. Darren Waller's unguardable. Jalen Hyatt, uh, he's been one of the most impressive players in camp. All of these things you keep hearing that are answered in the positive for us to arrive at the point of, well, I don't know. If they win eight or nine games, I'd take that as a success. That doesn't make sense to me. It, that something about that is not computing, and it would it would be more logical and rational if we were talking about the Giants competing in the AFC, where we know the conference is a lot tougher. There's a case to be made for eight teams. That's right, eight teams you could legitimately make a case for coming out of the AFC. Whereas the NFC, you've got the Eagles. You've got the Cowboys. You've got the Niners. That's the list. Everyone else you can be excited about. You can love the trajectory, but there's no certainty as there exists in the AFC where you know there's going to be about two or three teams on the outside looking in that you legitimately felt could be in the playoffs. And the NFC, that does not exist. So I keep listening to even my guy Dave Rothenberg, who I've got nothing but love for, nothing but respect. Missed doing the Saturday morning show with him. 
when he says to Rick yesterday on his morning show, DPHR Rothenberg, 6 to 10 a.m. every morning, make sure you guys tune in into that. When he says to Rick that he has to see how the season plays out, if they miss the playoffs, how it happens in order for him to render like this emotional verdict on how he feels. What are we talking about? Of course that's a disappointment if they miss the playoffs. If the Giants enter this season, again, with everything we outlined, just paid your quarterback, Saquon is here, and it was really the best-case scenario because you didn't commit long-term money to him. You got him on the one-year deal. It's like an amended franchise tag, and he's in camp, no distraction. You know, for all intents and purposes, he's happy. He's not going to be that destructor in the locker room, disruptive and bad teammates, not cancerous. He's here, locked in, and ready to roll. All, all of the things you love about this team, and you mean to tell me that you would be comfortable if we get to the end of the season and they're on the outside looking in, they miss the playoffs? That would make you feel like, okay, at least we're headed in the right direction? There's no way. You, you won a playoff game last year, and I understand it's year two of a rebuild, so the timeline was adjusted on the fly, but you do have to recalibrate your expectations. You do have to understand that this window that you feel can open at some point because you just paid your quarterback means it is now open. And I'm not saying you got to go out there and pump your chest out and talk about winning a Super Bowl. But to just accept defeat in the form of going from winning a playoff game to in the very next season, missing out completely, I just don't get it. And the expectations should be higher, which is why I'm questioning why they are where they are. So I head to NFL.com yesterday. Power rankings come out. Jets are eighth. We'll talk about them in a moment. Scrolling down, scrolling down, scrolling down till we get to the Giants. And here they are at 18th. Behind teams like the Saints, and I get they just added Derek Carr. Behind teams like the Vikings, who just lost Thielen and, and Dalvin Cook. A Vikings team that you just beat in the playoffs. Behind the Falcons, who are in the midst of a rebuild, we have no idea what their quarterback situation is. Desmond Ritter, uh, they they hope will become something. And yes, they just drafted B. John Robinson, and you're you're hoping that Kyle Pitts in, in year three, uh, you know, last year he dealt with some injuries and a little bit of a regression, but you expect him to to regain the form that he had in his rookie season. But for them to be be behind those teams, what am I missing here? What am I missing here? Because the math, as they say, ain't mathin'. So what it comes down to is something very simple. As the cogitation takes place in the brain. So you expect your defense to be good. You have one of the best running backs in all of football. You've got one of the best coaches in all of football. Why is there an expectation that you're going to take a step back? Oh, I got it. You know what it is? You still don't trust your quarterback. That's what it is. You still don't trust him. The power rankings that I just talked about, they don't trust Daniel Jones. The Super Bowl odds, Vegas, 
What's the young over under at seven and a half? They don't trust this quarterback. Despite him being paid $40 million, and I understand you can get out of the contract after year two, which also tells you the Giants still don't know about Daniel Jones. But for the fans out there who are okay with, who are just cool with this team missing the playoffs, it tells me you do not trust your quarterback. And that's a problem because at the end of next season or this upcoming season, we can be right back at square one where it's like, man, who's our franchise quarterback of the future? Because we might not have that guy. And I, I, I gave him credit because it was due for what he was able to orchestrate last year. And it was the the, the circumstances were, were dire, right? Like this guy had a history of being injured. He was a turnover machine. This is now a, a new regime. So there's no loyalty factor here. They're just going to evaluate him based on what they see in that given season. There was no reason for them to pick up his fifth-year option. This was a season-long audition. And to do that as the quarterback of the New York Giants in this market is tough. So for, for Daniel Jones to go out there with the limited weapons he had at his disposal and to, to help this team get to the playoffs, win a road playoff game, oh, that's impressive. You got to give him a lot of credit for it. You have to. Can't hate on that. He, he did what I didn't even expect him to do because I was destroying him. I said, this is, he's not getting a second contract with the Giants. This thing is over. There's no chance. But Brian Dable comes in here, and whatever the potential of Daniel Jones was, he was going to be able to maximize that because of his offensive genius and the brilliance that he brings. And by the way, we're watching in Buffalo, and I get it's only been one year, but Josh Allen, you can see, misses Brian Dable. And, you know, people are going to look at the elbow injury. I understand that he did not look like the same quarterback in Buffalo last year, uh, the same as he did when, when Dable was the offensive coordinator. Those, those turnovers went up, especially in high-leverage pressure situations. He just became too loosey-goosey with the football. He misses Dable. So we already in year one saw the impact of Brian Dable on two different teams. So that just goes to show you what he was able to do with Jones. But now it's about taking that next step. You can't just, like the Giants didn't just give him a four-year, $160 million contract to stay who he is now. It wasn't, all right, we saw what you were last year. Just be that guy, and we're going to be great going forward. They're paying him to continue to get better, which is why it's incumbent upon us to, at the end of this season, see another leap. I can't look in, at, at Daniel Jones at the end of the year and say, well, he didn't have enough weapons. What do you expect him to do? No, you've already upgraded at that, at that position. You've upgraded there. Your wide receivers are better. Your best weapon now, if he stays healthy, is Darren Waller, so you expect him to be prominent in that passing game. He can now become that security blanket that Daniel Jones lacked last year and, you know, with Saquon, but ideally you don't want your security blanket to be your, your running back. You would love it to be, you know, a, a big weapon like Waller, which you now have. And Saquon can continue to 
you know, have massive impact in the running game. And yes, he can be a pass catcher. But now that you have improved at your skill position, the expectation should be that Daniel Jones is better. So if you believe he's going to be better next season, on the strength of how you've upgraded at receiver, how your coach is now in year two, he's better. Your defense is going to be better. How the hell are you missing the playoffs in the week NFC? Which is another thing I don't understand. Oh, I'd be okay with the Giants missing out if it meant that we established Daniel Jones was our franchise quarterback. If you establish that, which means there is little to no doubt about it, it means he was fantastic. How on earth does Daniel Jones being fantastic this year not translate into enough wins in this week conference where you make the playoffs? It feels impossible. And yes, you have to account for injuries, but every team, when they go through the projections of what the season can be, does the whole, you know, we got to account for injuries as the variable. Sure, if, if bodies start dropping like flies, then it changes the equation. But assuming you can stay relatively healthy and you don't get hit with that significant injury, if he takes the next step, then of course you're a playoff team. And if he doesn't and you miss the playoffs, that is a disappointment. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Jacob, we're going to be on IG and Twitter and see all the videos, and, and it's just going to make us feel even more left out than we feel right now. Yeah, I might have to watch it on IG Live, something, YouTube Live, because this is crazy that we're sitting in the studio. Meanwhile, Yankee Stadium, which is always rocking, this season not so much. Yeah. But <laughs> with the concert, Hip Hop 50, celebrating 50 years of hip hop, this is uh, absolutely one of the greatest things. So we'll get into that as we move through the show, 800-919-3776. It's a tough question when people ask me, like, when did you fall in love with hip hop? What song was it? Because it's hard to remember. I was, I was at such a young age, such a young age, but we'll get into that. Uh, Peter's on his way there which is why you know I, I stepped in an earlier than expected to fill in for him. So I hope my boy Rosenberg has a good time. He's going to introduce a few acts tonight, looking like Ice Cube, Snoop, and, and Wheezy. Ebro Law and Rosenberg are going to be introducing them tonight. So got to catch that on, on the playback. Shout out to them. 800-919-3776. Giants preseason opener about to kick off in about 10 minutes. We know the starters are not going to play, mainly, you know, the, the, the veteran guys. Daniel Jones, of course, not playing. But uh, we are looking forward to seeing the fruits of Jalen Hyatt's labor. And he's been very impressive during the, re- during the preseason. So, you know, this is his first action. And, you know, not too much to take away from a, a meaningless exhibition game. But you, if you're a Giants fan, you're excited to see, see the rookie who has been flashy and getting raving reviews. So I'll keep you posted on that. We'll have that bumping right here in the studio. 800-919-3776. Let's go to Dave in Manhattan, who bats leadoff on the program tonight. What's up, Dave? Hey, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, Love your show, by the way. Thank you, man. Um, Look, I'm just trying to give an objective view here with the Giants. I think Dabo was missed with Buffalo. He had a lot to do with Allen's development there. He had a lot to do with Daniel Jones' development here. They've surrounded him with weapons. At the end of the day, though, the Giants have put all their chips in the middle of the table for uh, for Daniel Jones. I just don't see them getting over the hump. Let me know what you think. Thanks. Well, listen, I appreciate the call. I, I 
What I love about what the Giants have done is they've built themselves an out. This isn't a long-term commitment to Daniel Jones, even though on the surface it sounds like it. When you hear four years, 160, that sounds like big-time money for a quarterback who's like 15th best in the NFL. But two seasons from now, so after next season, they've got an opportunity to get out of this contract. And if they don't like what they're seeing, then they will be back. And it's going to be an unfortunate situation because, you know, I'm a Jet fan, so I know this to be true. Painfully, it is tough to be in the quarterback business looking for that guy. The Jets lucked out and, you know, Rodgers went out of Green Bay, so they were able to facilitate a trade for him. And they've built uh, uh, an organization here that was attractive to a marquee guy like Rodgers, but it's tough to do. So, of course, the Giants are hoping this works out. Do I think it will? Honestly, the question is this. The next time the Giants are in an NFC championship game, is Daniel Jones under center for them? If I had to bet right now, my answer would be no. Now, you can say that it's unfair, it's too soon. I don't think it's too soon. I love what he did last year. And I think his ceiling is higher now that he is paired with an offensive mind, a head coach, who actually is able to nurture him and help, again, tap into whatever that potential is. I just don't see his ceiling being that of someone who is one of the eight best quarterbacks in football. And at least recent history tells us that's what you need to be if you're competing for championships. The Giants, though, they have built themselves an out, which is something you got to appreciate. If you're not sold on him, which it doesn't seem like Vegas is, doesn't feel like Giants fans are, at least the ones who are accepting of them missing the playoffs next year, doesn't feel like they're that high on him. And if that's the case, at least you're not locked into this long-term contract. Let's go to John in North Bergen. What's up, John? Hi, D. Butler. How you doing, boss? What it do, baby? Talk to me. Thank you for taking my phone call, man. Thanks Real for quick, making it. Just, just first off, uh, just want to ask how your little man Noah's doing. Well, I got and two now, I, so, so Noah's doing great. Oh no way! Yeah, Noah's Noah's turning up the ruckus in the crib, so he he's he, <laughs> but he's now the veteran because Cassie and I did welcome in Maverick this past December. It just turned eight months, so oh, I mean I'm it's great. It's I'm chaos. Glad. Thank you, bro. But it, I'm. Congrats, I'm a, man. Yeah, I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it a buck, man. Like the 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 programmed answer is, you know, we're blessed, they're healthy, everything is good. But to keep it I'm all blessed. the way hundred, yo, it is chaos. <laughs> I'm not even going. Yeah, there's, there's a reason why the phrase two under two exists, because That's yo, great. you gotta get. Hey, I'm a I'm a I'm a girl dad. Oh, there I you go. Girls, myself. Oh, wow. Man. That's what's up, man. God bless you and the family, bro. And I appreciate you asking you, about sir. mine. Thank you, thank you, and and I do miss you with Dave on Saturdays, bro. I do. Same, but, same uh, here. Likewise, man. All right. Um, about my Giants, man. You know, I've been a diehard Giants fan since I was nine. You know, um, I'm 45 now. Uh, just know, like, I'm not one of them that could say like you were when you started the show. Take eight and nine. My expectations are higher this year because the team on paper now than last year is different. Like you were saying it, 
I called Bart and Han a couple of days ago saying that DJ has weapons now. He has a team around him. They, the draft picks, the defense is better, the offensive line. Like now he has weapons to work with. So, and I believe in DJ. So I, I, I can't, I'm not looking at this team to go eight and whatever, eight and nine. No, I think we could compete with the Eagles this year. Last year we couldn't. This year I think we could even take the division. Mm. What do you think? Well, here's the thing, John. I appreciate the love. I appreciate the call. I wouldn't go that far. Now we've swung the pendulum too far in the other direction. Last we saw you playing the Eagles, that was an embarrassment. You you did not even look like you deserved to be on the same field as that team. The Cowboys and the Eagles are the two teams to be in this division. Where I'll meet you halfway is this. Everyone brings up how tough the schedule is. Because, you know, compared to last year, obviously, now that you've experienced success, you're not playing that last place schedule, it's going to be tougher. And you play arguably the best division in football when you cross conference to the AFC East. With the Dolphins, you know, they, they could win that division. The Bills, they could win that division. The Jets could win that division. And then you have the Patriots with the greatest coach of all time. So I understand that with the enhanced level of competition, there should be naturally an expectation that this year will be tougher. But to your point about competing with the Eagles, I wouldn't go that far. What I will say is, why not be able to split with the Cowboys? Is it too much to ask? that for the first time since Dak's rookie year, you beat Dallas. I don't think that's too much to ask. Is it too much to ask for you to be competitive with Philly and maybe you get swept by them? I would love for you to split, and any Giants fan would take that, obviously. But let's just say you get swept by the Eagles. Then make that up by going to work on Washington. Make it up by sweeping the Commanders. If you get swept by the Eagles, counteract that by sweeping the Commanders, split with the Cowboys, you're 3-3 three and three in your division. Is that too much to ask for? You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. We started the show talking about the Giants and the expectations that I feel like should be a little bit higher for this team. Uh, but quickly want to update you on the reverse jinx that I did before the break. So I, as the Yankees had put runners on first and second with nobody out in the top of the second inning, jokingly said this typically means an inning that ends with runners left in, uh, you know, runners left on base because that's what the Yankee offense is. Three-run home run for Anthony Volpe. So they're on the board, 3-0 in Miami. The Yankees are up. IKF now at the plate with the runner on first, two outs. Yankees starting Ian Hamilton tonight. And uh, it's the first time, I I believe this is the first time in Yankee history that a pitcher has started in back-to-back games. So because of the bullpenning they did this past Wednesday, uh... I just want to verify this because I think I saw this earlier. Uh, last Yankee to start back-to-back team games with the regular season was CC Sabathia uh, in July of 2010. But that was the all-star break. The last Yankee to start back-to-back team games in the span of three days or fewer uh, was George Pipgrass back in 1928. So they're doing something that hasn't happened essentially 
uh, in about 100 years, going with Ian Hamilton in back-to-back games. But with all the injuries to the rotation, uh, Nestor Cortez is out, Radon's out, Herman's done for the season, dealing with personal issues, Luis Severino stinks. So they're trying to figure it out, and tonight the uh, roulette landed on one Ian Hamilton. So the Yankees up right now 3 nothing thanks to a, a three-run shot from Anthony Volpe. We will keep you posted on that. 800-919-3776. Quickly, before we get back to the calls, let's talk about the Jets. I want to know from Jet fans what the realistic expectations are. Because we can sometimes get a little too giddy about this team competing for a Super Bowl. And immediately, like, after I say that, I'm I'm reminded, wait, you're a fan of a team that hasn't made the playoffs in 13 years? And after one offseason, a pretty big offseason, but just one offseason, you're already talking about winning a Super Bowl? Can we crawl before we walk? The only problem with that is because you've acquired a 39-year-old quarterback, your window is very, very small. This isn't being a Bengals fan where, you know, Joe Burrow says, but our window is as long as I'm the quarterback of this team. This isn't being a Chiefs fan where Patrick Mahomes can go out there and win the damn title on one leg. This isn't you know, Justin Herbert, who just locked, got locked into a big-time contract, so you feel like the future really is ahead of you as far as what you can accomplish in the window that he's the quarterback of this team. It's a little bit of a different scenario. The circumstances are not ideal, but also something you sign up for in a, in a heartbeat. All we kept talking about was got to find the quarterback, got to find the quarterback now, you have one of the best ever. One of the best quarterbacks ever. So you got to try to find that hybrid between being excited because this is a position you've really never been in before. Having someone of this caliber, the best quarterback you've ever had. You You find a hybrid between being excited about it Understanding that it's been a long time since you've come into a season with the expectations this high, and then it's immediately right off the rip. Monday Night Football against the Buffalo Bills. The world watching you try to embark on what you're hoping for is a prosperous season. But also being a little bit more reserved because the Jet fan in me and in us always has to succumb to same old Jets. When everything is expected to go right, it goes wrong. Which brings me to the nightmare I had last night. Jacob, you'll appreciate this because you're also a Jet fan. Woke up in a cold sweat. Wasn't because my 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 youngest, Mav's going through that sleep progression where he's up every 90 minutes, which is killing me. Wasn't because Matt, uh, Noah had a nightmare that caused him to cl- climb into to bed with mommy and daddy. But I looked at the Jets' schedule, and I've been looking at it for weeks, but last night, week 18, you know who the Jets play week 18? Off the top of your head? Uh, no, not the top of my head. They're in Foxborough. Huh. So here's where the nightmare comes in. Could you imagine this is a win and get in situation? Win and get in, lose and go home. Week 18 in Foxborough against that team? I, 
I just need you to stop right there. <sighs> man. <laughs> because I see how it would go down. Oh, man. And it would be the final boss of Bill Belichick to ruin what would be going into it probably the one one of the most hyped jet seasons in a while. Dude, like just I'm getting anxiety talking about it right now, which is why I got to get it off my chest because a couple weeks ago I actually had some fun with Belichick might be on the hot seat. I know it sounds crazy for the greatest coach of all time, but the way things are going in New England, the quarterback has regressed, and last year the buffoonery he did with their offensive coordinators with Patricia and Judge, he's since rectified that by bringing in Bill O'Brien. But there's chaos, and who knows how much patient uh, patience Robert Kraft is going to exude. So I had some fun with, yo, how funny would it be if the Pats have to get in a, a win-and-get-in situation the Jets knock him out, and that's the end of Belichick's tenure in New England. That would be hilarious. And just like the, it comes full circle from I retire as HC of the NYJ to now you're looking for another job because the Jets just knocked you out of New England. Listen, it, w- it would make up all the years of hurt that he's put us through, especially to kick it off the way he did. Uh, just look, it's crazy the way you said that and just starting this conversation. I'm just looking at the quarterback depth chart for the Pats if this is the quarterbacks that does stop the Jets from <laughs> going into the playoffs Mac Jones completing like an 80 yard touchdown pass to send the Jets home in week 18 I'm laughing right now I, I promise you whatever the date is of that game sometime late December early January I, I'd be crying there, there's no consoling me after that so now all season long just because I had this one nightmare and I've, I've been high on, on high as a kite, not off the marijuana, but just like off the expectations of what I think this jet season could could become. Now all season long, because of the nightmare that I had, I've got to think about the disaster. The the like, could you imagine having to live with that? Man, I I can't. I can't even imagine. Let's go to Anthony and Hawthorne. What's up, Anthony? Hey, Ty. What's going on, man? Chilling, hey, man. What's uh, going on? I uh, I was talking to your guy uh, who screens the calls, and I got five kids, so I kind of watch things late uh, on TV, and I just watched the Hard Knocks episode, and me and him were talking about it, and I I felt so inspired after watching that, and I'm not even a Jets fan, but it just got me feeling some type of way, and as, a, like, Jets fans should be so excited for this season, like, that was probably the best episode of Hard Knocks I've probably ever seen. And I really think that uh, the Jets have something special going on over there. And I really don't think that Hard Knocks being there is going to be a distraction at all. Uh, but just watching Rodgers and how he's embraced the situation over there, and uh, it just seems like they're all coming together as a team. It was uh, it was something really cool to watch. And just watching that episode, I just felt like I had to call up because I know you're a Jets fan. Um, it was just really inspirational. Well, I appreciate Yeah, man, I appreciate I appreciate the words of encouragement. What team do you root for, Anthony? I'm a Ravens fan. You said Ravens? Yes. Oh, see, but you're you're going to be one of the you could be one of the reasons why the Jets missed the playoffs. It's going to well, be a deep conference. I, I, have them, I have us winning the division. Oh, so, so you got them I'm, you got them hoping. overtaking Cincinnati. Oh, well, the Joe Burrow injury kind of adds a, another layer to this. We'll see how long he's out. But that's going to be fun. I think he's injured, injured. You think it's more serious than they're, they're, they're leading off? 
Yeah, I do. I really do. And I think it's going to uh, be something that's going to linger with him all season where they might just shut him down if they don't start off hot. Well, we'll see, Anthony. Appreciate the call. As far as uh, hard knocks, I did get a chance because, like you, I have multiple children. Your your viewing experience of of movies and you know shows becomes altered when you have kids. Nothing is going to get in the way of live events, but the you know it, the hard knock series had to watch it the next day, and I did come away impressed with it. If you're a Jets fan, you have to be excited. You could understand how the objective NFL fan watching this deems it as, you know, it's an Aaron Rodgers love affair. But when you acquire someone who, a lot, this is a very young team, and we saw it all throughout the, the show that a lot of these guys grew up watching and idolizing him. So for him to walk into their locker room now, which immediately increases their chances of winning a Super Bowl, it's a surreal moment. My only thing is, y'all got to get over that quick. This awing, you know, he, like he walked in like he was Jesus Christ. That quickly needs to be gotten over because the real games are starting soon. <laughs> and it's it, it, right off the bat, the first six games, you know, you shot out of a cannon. And you cannot afford a slow start because, you know, the, the moment is too big. Which is the one thing that you know, I think is, is, is going under the radar here. We talk about things you should be concerned about with this Jets team, and it starts and ends with the offensive line. I do worry about a team that just last year was playing in a lot of games that didn't matter, didn't have any hype, any attention. Yes, Zach Wilson was the big story, but you went from playing in a bunch of meaningless games to every single game this year matters. And I get how phrasing that could could sound weird because you know, every game matters for every team. But seriously, the Jets last year didn't have any legitimate expectations compared to what they have now. They have the sixth best odds to win the Super Bowl. So you went from playing in those games last year that the last third of the season didn't really matter because you were out of the playoff hunt, especially once you had a quarterback situation that was unideal, to... Bright lights, Monday Night Football, Buffalo, Saturday, uh, I'm sorry, Sunday, 425, Dallas, New England, a team you haven't beaten since 2015. Then Sunday Night Football against the Kansas City Chiefs. Then you've got that game against the Broncos that everyone's looking forward to because of Sean Payton. Then you play the Eagles, who you've never beaten in, in your franchise history. So right off the bat, no real time to gradually get into a you know to a rhythm you gotta you gotta come out of this guns blazing so i'm concerned about how the young players are going to handle that maturation going from where they were last year to now you gotta hang with the big boys you're listening to the best of espn new york tonight by the way Another example, and I'll get right back to the phone calls, 800-919-3776. The latest example that our world is going in the wrong direction. I stopped at the newsstand right outside the station right before the show. And I figured since I'm going to be here until 10 o'clock, earliest I'll get home is probably about 11. There's no way I'm going to be able to last the entirety of that without eating or snacking on something. So I pull up to the newsstand, 
and I see natural almonds. I ask, how much are, how much are these almonds? He says $2. Jacob, there's like six almonds in this bag. Like half of it is just air. Now, did you body it all in one sitting? I, I haven't finished them yet. I'm like I'm trying to time it so that it can last the duration of the show. But two dollars? You you're looking at this bag. Two dollars for this? How are we doing? And I just dropped a couple and trying to Damn. show it to you. So I, I was, I'm really just hustling backwards all the way right now. I was just about to say that's two nuts an hour. You just lost two of them. Like oh, man, yeah. listen, two nuts an hour. That's a that's a pretty good rate. Two nuts an hour? Not bad. I mean, you hanging with the best of them. That's a, a Guinness World Record right there. You doing you two nuts an hour? Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Jose is in Brooklyn. What's up, Jose? <laughs> this is how we do, man. It's Friday night. We having fun. Good evening. What's up, boy? What's going on? And and Jacob is definitely killing it with the tracks because I told him that my my first real hip hop song because that like made me really go crazy and searching every radio station to keep hearing it over and over was Wu Tang's Triumph. And yeah. the reason that I kind of got into Wu Tang was because of my sister, you know, because at this time, you know, she's my older sister. She's you know kind of teaching me the ways of music and everything. I kept hearing this song every time on rotation, and that's when I got introduced to this man. Then, of course, Mariah Carey and the. Jose, I, I got to get you up to a better spot, Jose. Sounds like I'm losing you. you can oh, you get to... oh, there we go. Yeah, yes. Okay, so yeah, so that. that... It was that, and so that's kind of what what, what I wanted to say with, with that, and it kind of brought me back. So thank thank you for that, guys. Um, yeah, we're gonna have to get so that, that on the program. That Wu Tang Triumph, maybe that Wu Tang ain't nothing to play with too. So you know, we're taking selections. What you guys want to hear tonight on the show? Appreciate that, Jose. What you got on the uh, Giants? I see you wanna you wanna go at Giants fans. Definitely, because I think that they're to create this, you know, magical fantasy where they can still not believe in Daniel Jones and Joe Shane and Brian Dayball. And, you know, I'm just going to throw this out there. I, as much as I believe in Brian Dayball being a good play caller, and he did help with the development of Josh Allen from the first year to the second from 10 to 20 touchdowns, and, you know, you saw a marginal improvement in the completion percentage. My concern is, is I don't think they give enough of credit of all of the pieces that were added around Josh Allen, like the Saquon Diggs, who is a top, you know, wide receiver, and you see the numbers explode when I, when him and Allen get together. So that's kind of where I'm like, who is the is Darren Waller and Saquon Barkley enough? to make Daniel Jones make that secondary jump. No. And I don't see that. Well, and so that's kind of where I see it. And here's the thing, and I appreciate the call. So with Josh Allen, it's a little bit, it's it's not apples to apples, but I get the analogy. Josh Allen, first of all, was a more highly touted prospect, highly touted player coming into the draft versus Daniel Jones, who took everyone by surprise. But I get what you're trying to do as far as when we measure or when we try to project what the leap is, who is the guy that's going to help him take that leap as far as the offensive skill positions are concerned? And for Josh Allen, it was the trade for Stephon Diggs from Minnesota. 
and we saw immediately what he became as a quarterback. My question for Daniel Jones isn't about him becoming an MVP candidate like Josh Allen was. The question is, can he just become someone, at least right now, as the Giants are still in the midst of rebuilding this team, can he jump into that top 12, top 10-ish category? We don't need you to become Josh Allen. We don't need you to become Patrick Mahomes. Ideally, we would love it, but just this season, that's not the standard by which we're judging what is a success. It is, can we see... And some of it is stats, right? Like last year, 15 touchdowns. We're going to have to see an improvement there. And I guess part of the reason was, you know, he he is so effective as a runner. He can score touchdowns that way where where he had seven. The other part of it is they just didn't trust him enough to open up the entirety of the playbook to expose him to that. And now you wonder, as he gradually does become exposed to the entirety of it, does it mean an increase in turnovers? So that's something that we do have to watch out for because there is a history of him being a turnover machine. And the Giants were the worst team in all of football last year throwing the deep pass of 20-plus yards. This year, if you're going to take that next step, we have to see you be better in that regard and, like I just said, become someone who can be mentioned amongst the top 10, top 12-ish quarterbacks. That's the, that's really what we're measuring. And I don't think that's unfair. Steve's in Tom's River. What's up, Steve? Hey, how you doing? Listen, I just want to ask you, how different are the Jets going to be this year with Rodgers at quarterback when that line is going to fall apart and he's going to get crushed? Well, First or second game. They're not going to be very good. Two years in a row. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to be very two good. Two years in a row I've been saying, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but two years in a row I've been saying no matter who's there at quarterback, they're not going to do anything. Yes, and Steve, you're right. I can't even argue with that. It doesn't matter who your quarterback is. We saw it in the Super Bowl in, in 2020 with Mahomes and how he, as great as he is, could not over, overcome a bad offensive line. And for the Jets, you're now talking about a guy who's going to be 40 years old coming off of a season that was, you know, the worst of his career where he experienced an injury on his throwing hand. So all of that is just a recipe for just an abject failure if they cannot get consistent offensive line play. And he has no mobility either. You know, you look at Flacco that went in, what, last year or the year before? He got crushed. He was well, there to come back the next well, year. Well, Steve, he's not Flacco as far as mobility. He's more <laughs> mobile. But I, I think the point you're trying to make, and I appreciate the call, is he's not as mobile as he used to be. Prime Aaron Rodgers, we know, could scramble, get out of the pocket, and run for first downs. And while he still might be able to do that, he's nowhere close to being the athlete that he once was. And I don't even think the Jets want to put him in that situation because he's aging and he's older and you don't want to have those soft tissue injuries derail your season. I just get annoyed talking about the offensive line because Joe Douglas, when he got here four years ago, four years ago, that was the task he had to deal with, fixing this offensive line. And that so that's back in 2019. We're now in 2023, still having the same conversation. 
if the Jets' season becomes a disaster and we can directly point to the offensive line, that that is a huge indictment on Joe Douglas, who has had four years to build up this unit and so far has come up missing. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. At NYJ Green 16 tweets in, we need that fantastic four from DJ Clue. Has my boy Big Pun on it. So we're taking your song song request right here on Friday night. Ty Butler going until 10 o'clock right here on 98.7 ESPN. Richard is in Manhattan and wants to check in on the program. What's up, Richard? Hi, Ty. You know, we can't judge Jones, Daniel Jones, until this year because now he's got weapons. So, And he's pretty resourceful. You know, he runs with the ball, so even if the line breaks down, yeah. he can make things out of nothing, which is a good thing. So, hey, athletic guy, you're right, he fumbles, he loses the ball, uh, but he got better. He, he did. Know, he, he improved in that regard last year. Once the, the pocket collapsed, there was he, he didn't panic good, as much yeah, as he did in the, in the past. He's he able to escape. Stuff, yep. And that's good. And he's got Saquon back. He's got more wide receivers. The tight end is really good. So there's no real excuse for him not to uh, to, to, to fail this year. Uh, Which is why just, there's pressure on him. I, that, that, there's right. pressure on him to but perform. But there's always pressure. You know, there's always, everybody's got pressure. they got to yeah. perform or they're going to lose their job. Aaron Rodgers has pressure. Oh, a ton of you pressure. Know, he doesn't want to look like an idiot uh, his last season. So this is a good good thing for the both New York teams. Uh, I, uh, Rodgers, as long as he doesn't get hurt, will be fine. That's the one thing we got to worry about because that can happen, especially with all the quarterbacks. But now that's important, the line important, because I don't think he's as mobile as Jones is. No, not anymore. 12 years younger, 13 years younger, but still. It's going to be important for Aaron to step in, to stay in the pocket and not run around, and hopefully he doesn't get hurt just for the Jets to be uh, in contention. So I think it's going to be both good for both teams, you know. But we thought this was going to be a good year for both baseball teams, and look what happened. But by the way, Ty, you know, the Yankees should do something. What's two that? things are coming up, two anniversaries. First of all, 25 years we're re- approaching the anniversary of that big playoff game where El Duque pitched the Yankees against Cleveland. Cleveland was a formidable team back then. They beat the Yankees in 97. Mm-hmm. In 98, that great Yankee season, they were down two games to one, and El Duque came and pitched that big game in Cleveland and turned the series around. And, of course, the Yankees went on to win and win the World Series and, you know, a couple more World yeah, Series. Yeah, what did he have? Yeah. Like, he, he had something like seven strikeouts in, in seven innings in that game. He was that fantastic. That was unbelievable. Yeah, he that was, was a great. great game. He held that, and that was a big team, boy. Cleveland had great players, Manny Ramirez and all of Biaga and yeah, all they were those just, guys. They, they, were, had a great they were just in the World Series the year before. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Correct. And they beat the Yankees, and they upset him with a— yep. With Alamopia. And also, it's the 50-year anniversary, a month after the hip-hop anniversary, is 50-year anniversary, the closing of the original Yankee mm. Stadium. No one said anything about that. You know, that was the house that Ruth built. Yeah. And that was it, 73. They, that was it, gone. I think they started wrecking it down right away because the New York Giants didn't play there anymore. I think it went down right away in September or October of 73. They started knocking it down little by little. So that was a big anniversary. Yeah, that's a good I think one. the Yankees should do something, commemorate those two All right, Richard, let me anyway, hear something. Anyway, it's pleasure always. Wait, Thanks. time out, Richard. Oh, he hung up. He, the call screener said he, he had performed dentures on on. On hip hop, on on artists, on rappers, I wanted to get to that. No, that was a uh, that was something I put together. Oh. <laughs> it wasn't a real thing. 
It's all a facade. <laughs> Yo, I, damn, I just, blew your whole, I just blew your whole thing up on the radio. That's crazy. Yeah, but it, it's funny, though, because every time I think about this, like, Richard has a plan when he gets on. He doesn't care what you talk nah, about. He he's has just going to run right through every single stop sign. It's his show for the amount of time he's on. Listen, we only entertain him. That's, the, that's what we're here for. <laughs> we're guests on his radio show. When Richard comes on. He's going a mile a minute. He's entertaining. And I, did I hear he's a, he's a renowned dentist? or retired dentist so that that's pretty cool for richard he's got excellent memory too because every time he's on it's like a history lesson yo on every sport i barely remember what i did last week <laughs> richard could tell me something that happened 25 yo, years ago. i love it 60 I love it. years ago he'll tell you the uniform that they were wearing the, where the game was played the weather that day i'm actually envious of that because my memory used to be a lot better than what it is so every time i hear him touting things that happened 50 60 years ago i'm just like man god bless you bro all power to you yeah i love things like that well just just history things you know things you can look back on like oh yeah did this happen yeah, today and make happened. you and make you feel nostalgic almost it makes you feel good and I, i'll always remember this and it's gordon damer said this a couple weeks ago and it was it's just it's very salient he said he loves documentaries because it's like the quickest way to feel smart. Like you learn you learn something in like 45 minutes. You become educated on a topic in like 45 minutes. Like the Tupac doc I just finished on Hulu. It's like five episodes. I now feel like I'm just a Tupac connoisseur. I just know everything <laughs> about Tupac and his mom and the Black Panthers and all that. So it, Richard provides that for you. He He gives you nuggets that you can take with you. So tomorrow when I'm hanging out with... With whoever, I can just drop this in. Like, yo, you know, you you realize that 50 years ago, the old Yankee Stadium, the the house that Ruth built, was was closed down. They're like, word. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN.